Yeah, best show. What's up, everybody? Another weird edition of the best show where it is me talking into a microphone alone on a Sunday night Zoom recorder. Monday night. Feels like a Sunday night because it's a holiday. Memorial Day, baby. Here we are. My name is Tom Sharpling, the host. Things are still weird. Things are still pandemic-y and strange to see half the people not wearing masks now. I guess they assume that the COVID uh, can take Memorial Day off. I guess maybe it can. Maybe they know something I don't. Whatever. I'm still wearing my mask, man. It's hard out there. A lot of people... A lot of people dealing with stuff. These numbers still, still, still ain't budging in certain ways. I don't know, man. We just got to be safe. What's a big deal if you suddenly were like, oh, we could have gone a little easier on the stuff and then we didn't. And then it turned out, oh, you told me. So you're right. We could have gone a slightly bit easier on the mask, six feet, whatever. I don't know. I just know one thing. There was so much that we're all dealing with at the same time. You're dealing with real life stuff in your personal life. It's hard because when you got personal stuff going on, you hope that the world, you wish the world would just sit still for a second and not be as topsy turvy as your life is. But right now the world is a vampire, right? Like the man said, the world is a vampire. And we gotta listen to what the man said. And he said, the world is a vampire. Now, that's not what he said. He said, uh, he said, uh, shake down 1979. I don't know. All I know is I saw Smashing Pumpkins open for Super Chunk and Urge Overkill at Maxwell's, and they were not good. And I got out then, and I got their first single in the mail as a promotional thing because they did a fanzine. I sold it for $100, and that was and still might be the highlight of my life. But those days are gone. Now we're all locked down, hiding the world's upside down. We're all struggling collectively and a lot of us individually. I'm still dealing with, uh, just, just still really, really just got punched and destroyed by, uh, Lynn Shelton coming to terms with that, helping however I can with the people that loved her and hard, hard, hard. And the loss is so hard, and I know people in the comedy world, uh, their friend Richard Bain passed away, and that's a tragedy, and I send my just heartfelt condolences to all the people that loved him, because I know what it's like to love somebody and have them go, and it's the hardest, and... I just, 
you have my condolences. And if you've lost anybody with the coronavirus, uh, you, um, I feel for you. We're all in it. Trying to stay alive, stay healthy, stay together. It's hard. Moo, what did I watch the other day? Watched a movie, Ghost of Peter Sellers. I want to tell you about this. If you ever wanted to not like Peter Sellers, well, this is the documentary for you. Boy, oh boy, this is not a good portrait of a demented, famous person. Yikes, he is no good in this thing. But it's the story of him doing a movie in the mid-70s, early to mid-70s, that started falling apart early and never got back on track and got weirder and harder, and he got worse and worse and worse and was more difficult, and maybe the director was not the right director for it either, I don't know, but nobody was the right thing for this thing because it was not good, but it's a very good documentary made by the director of the movie, that was being made in the ghost of Peter Sellers called ghost in the noonday sun. I believe that was that what it was called. I'm not sure. It didn't seem like it was going to be a great movie. It seemed like an Argo when they're talking all about the script Argo. It's the worst. Feels like this movie ghost in the noonday sun was kind of like the Argo within Argo. Not so hot. Um, yeah, it's it's a compelling thing though, and it really is a compelling movie when you look at performers and comedians especially and how they lose themselves in the characters and try to become other people and do their thing and still be humans and sometimes you can't do all of it at once. And that's what they're doing. In this, you see Peter Sellers trying into, you see Spike Milligan's in it, uh, one of his goon show cohorts. The goons, the goons. You talk to every British person, oh, the goons. Look, I listen to goons, it's good. I get it. It's good stuff. I see it. I see the energy. I see the funny stuff maybe some don't translate to a US person in 2020. But I get it. I see what's going on there. Guy's talented. Obviously one of the greats, all timers. But if you can watch Ghost of Peter Sellers, the Ghost of Peter Sellers rent it online and you can do it through I believe it was through Vimeo and you could support an independent movie theater in the process, which is definitely the thing to do. And we really still need to keep Supporting our record stores, supporting our bookstores, supporting our movie theaters, supporting the arts so that they are here for us when this is all over. And speaking of which, I thank each and every one of you who is supporting the Patreon for The Best Show over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. I appreciate it. We're we're giving you more content. This past week we missed because I was... uh, Dealing with personal stuff. A little sad. Didn't necessarily couldn't talk about uh, Stephen Still's album last week. But we're doing a show called So Far, which is me and Jason Gore and Mike, AP Mike and Pat Byrne 
going through the entirety of the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young catalog collectively and individually and in any pairing that they uh, chose to put together. We are going through all of it and there will be a new episode in a week. We missed a week. I apologize. Get back on track. We got some other things, couple surprises here and there coming. Uh, Meet My Friends of Friends is on hiatus right now, but I believe we're going to figure something out to give you all a big uh, shot in the arm if you're a fan of that. That way you can listen to them all in one fell swoop. Get pumped for the return of that, which is around the corner. Coming soon. Hang tight. But yeah, thanks to everybody who supported, uh, has supported the show over at patreon.com slash the best show. And I also want to mention, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that doing double duty lately on a throw, a show called Double Threat. Me and Julie Klausner being funny together. That's over on the Forever Dog Network. Get it wherever you get podcasts. And I gotta say, it is the funniest. Julie's the funniest. She makes me funny and the two of us together become a Voltron of comedy. And it's so much fun to do this episode. We just did last week. Uh, a lot of, uh, got some Garrison Keeler in there. Got some, uh, nerd talk in there. A lot of stuff. Good up. Ep- really funny episode. Oh my God. I laughed so much and you will too. People are loving it, and I appreciate you checking it out and supporting it, and it's it's only going to keep getting better. That's the crazy thing. We're at the beginning on that one. Double threat. One other thing I watched. Uh, I watched, watched about six episodes into this Bulls, uh, this commercial that ESPN aired for Michael Jordan uh, called The Last Dance. This propaganda program that was, um, yeah, just a compelling trash. It was interesting to see the clips again and see some of these people talking. It was great. Um, but it's just, it's just, uh, uh, it's just a commercial for Michael Jordan. It's not in, even remotely resembling a documentary. He got last say on everything, final word. That's not how you do documentary. If I don't want to do, you tell them to pound rocks. Tell them, well, thanks, but no thanks. We'll do, and anyway, what's he saying? He says nothing in the thing. He's so boring. Michael Jordan's one of the most boring people ever, and what a snooze this guy was with the phony baloney be like Mike. Can you imagine be like Mike? You sign off on that. What, what are you? That's the problem. Guys like that with that dumb thing. Are why sports so often are terrible because they're the ones that make it's like what about the children watching the children children what kids watching a ten thirty uh, Clippers Jazz game on the East Coast no kid it's war on the East Coast right now great song. It's my boy, Danny B, holding it down. New pornographers. Listening to a lot of Destroyer. Listening to a lot of new pornographers lately. Keeping the lights on over in uh, my little brain here. Um, 
Yeah, it's a whole thing. He makes this thing so it seems like it's juvenile, and then then you can't you can't act like sports are being played by adults primarily for adults. Like now, everything has to be dumbed down so that it can please the dumbest kid. We all have to act like sports are just uh, like it's uh, uh, the superheroes now, good guys and bad guys. And that's, that's part of this Michael Jordan thing. He creates this dumb, juvenile climate with that dumb Space Jam, stupid, be like Mike. It's embarrassing. You're, you're an adult. And Charles Barkley is the antidote to this guy. Thank God for him during that time. As much of a mess as he is, I'll take one of him over ten Michael Jordans. And I didn't root for him. I was I was not rooting for Charles Barkley. Barkley when I was back then in the 90s. I didn't root for him. He was on the Sixers and he's on the Suns. I don't care. But man, he was, at least he acted like an adult. A flawed adult, but he didn't pretend he was talking to eight-year-olds all the time. And Michael Jordan is just like, oh, he's the most, his six championships the most successful. It's like, okay, yeah, you know what else is successful? McDonald's is. And it's, he's like McDonald's. He's good. He's the best. He's the big, most successful. But is there anything there sometimes? Eh. Yeah, there is, but sometimes there is. Eh, maybe it's not exactly like McDonald's. Okay. Look, was he one of the best? He's one of the three best, uh, at worst, one of the three best players ever. If you're going to say, who would you say the other two would be? Bill, not Bill Russell. He was not. I don't know. Will Chamberlain. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay, so you say he's top two, top two all time. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Who would you rather hang out with? The one guy who looks like he's having fun and actually speaks out on social issues and stands up for the. uh for the the side of good on things or the guy who says the thing about republicans buy sneakers too and then tries to make like that was like a you don't get to say that and then pretend you didn't mean it when you said it he sucks look part of this is i just the bulls beat the knicks i know that i know that but really, what did the Bulls do? I want to just put this out there. Who'd they beat? They beat an old Pistons team. Then they beat an old Lakers team. Then they beat a not-so-hot Blazers team. Then they they did beat the Suns, who were awesome. And um, then they came back, lost to the Magic. Then they beat a uh, the Jazz twice. Whoa, the Jazz. Oh, you guys beat Jeff Hornacek? What? Oh, my God. You mean the Bulls squared off against Greg Ostertag and they won? How? I'm not even starting on Phil Jackson is fraud. He's a fraud. Is he talentless? Absolutely not. He's obviously talented. Is he overrated? Oh, yeah. You know it, too. Worst team the dude ever coached was top 10 all-time player Kobe Bryant and only Pau Gasol, a perennial all-star. Worst team he ever coached to a championship. When it's just Scottie Pippen, he couldn't get out of the second round. 
No. He roll he rolls the ball out and he goes to the library and picks out books for the players. That's all he does. Phil Jackson. Phony baloney. And all this bull stuff, you know what it made me realize? For years I've been saying, look, the Knicks are the literally the worst. Capital T, capital W, the worst. But you know what they made me decide? I've been writing for basketball magazines made me become like a fan of players because you start to be like, you understand that the players are the fun part of the game, obviously, but you don't want to be like, you don't want to be able to not root for or not enjoy a player being great because they are not on your team. And intersect that with the Knicks being the worst. I stepped away from the Knicks a little bit. I'm saying this. I think I'm going all in. They're terrible now. I don't care. I'm going all in. I might get a Knicks face tattoo. I love the Knicks. And I'm saying it now. I'm not going to... I'm going back in. Even as bad as they are, I don't care. I'm back in. All the way back in. Knicks, baby. That's my team. That's my team now. Knicks. Back in with them. When the NBA returns in 2027, I will be cheering them on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We can talk more about this, and we will talk more about this. But today on the show, we have a fun uh, episode, short one. We'll do a longer show next week. We'll pick it back up. The show will start getting longer again, start hitting all the elements, get Worcester, get uh, the dudes back on, all the stuff. Eventually get calls back on. We'll figure it all back. It's all going to happen. I'm just trying to keep the lights on, keep the show going in the face of times where I sometimes I'm not at 100%. Want to do a show for you. Want to do a show for me. Nicole Lawrence is on the show. She's the the guitarist who was in uh, King Tough, plays with Devendra Banhart. Great person, great guitarist. Talk to her about her top picks on the guitar Mount Rushmore. And Mount Rockmore. (laughs) And then she recorded a song that we'll play at the end of the show. Very nice, awesome song. So I will tell you this. Best show will be back next week. Thanks for listening. And without further ado, let's listen to my conversation, which I did remotely in Los Angeles with a 25-foot mic cord with my friend Nicole Lawrence who you can check out on social media and if you need guitar lessons she's doing them remotely she's the best in the biz as they say check her out and here without further ado is my conversation with Nicole Lawrence hi Tom hi Nicole how are you I got Nicole Lawrence here the 
legendary. No way. Stop. <laughs> no, you're you're a guitar player. I'm and a guitar people, owner. A guitar guitar owner. That's oh wow! What a what a what an accomplishment! <laughs> Thank you. You bought Tom. a guitar. I've been working so hard. Yeah, me and everyone else in LA. No, you are a guitar player, and you play with all sorts of people. Yep. Like you've played with uh, King Tough. Yeah. You were in King Tough's band. Yep. For for a while. Kind yeah. Of a while. And then you were in. Uh, Mary Timoney's band. The was it called Helium at first when you were in it? It was a Helium. It was um, that tour was really billed as as Mary Timoney plays Helium. We were sure. we were playing the Helium catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, Those first couple, the first well, there's two Helium records and yeah. then, a, then a singles, not right. a sing, like a uh, like a, a collection. Right. Yeah, and we played stuff from everything. Mm-hmm. We had songs from everything. Yeah. And that's where we met was at Doug Weston's The Troubadour. Doug Weston's The Troubadour. I'm really worried about Doug Weston these days. I don't know what's going to happen to Doug Weston's The Troubadour. <laughs> that's in a pretty pricey neighborhood. Yeah, that is where we met. Yeah. That was such an auspicious night. I met I met Kyle from King Tough that same night. Isn't that crazy? How yeah. in one night all these My whole new world people, turned your world turned around that, that night. That was a great show. I loved playing that show oh my god because look mary timoney is a guitar hero hero unparalleled yep until that night i was like well she is paralleled (laughs) paralleled but who's this who's this ringer up there with her you're so kind who's this who's this gunslinger yeah rolling into town with her (laughs) six string um no you were you were there and it was fun watching the two of you just go off yeah and it was so exciting to see, because when you have that second guitar player, then it seems like she could go nuts. There's nothing better than two lead guitars. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, she really could go off, and like we really played off each other a lot. And she's just such a, um, she's such a good player, and she's such a performer. And um, Let's ride that mic. Come on. Into the mic. Sorry. You know how it works. Um, you make like you're on stage. She's <laughs> such a performer. There you go. Thank you. And, um, yeah, you know, yeah, we, I mean, that's why it was such a, it was such a joy to play with her because we got to play off each other so much, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then you did like this insane version of, uh, James Gang Walk Away. Yep. It was just heavy duty. So there's a helium song called Walk Away. Yeah. And if you recall, we segued from the into helium walk away into mm-hmm. the James Gang walk away, which was a very specific version of the James of that James Gang song. It was a it, the version we did was a sort of the version that they did on Beat Club when they were on Beat sure, Club, sure, which is one of the all time greatest rock performances ever. Iconic. When you see them with that keyed in, a keyed out background, yeah, right, and yeah. they're just like yeah, and that's like Joe Walsh. That is the most. Is has there ever been a step down like that dude joining the Eagles? <laughs> when you think about how great he was at that point, right? He was a fully formed guy. Right. He was like his. He was not. He was not like an up and coming guy. He like they had. They were a popular band. Yeah. And then, I guess maybe they ran their course. I don't know. I think James Gang had kind of because he had a couple solo albums out at that point, right before. 
before he joined the Eagles. Yeah. I think so. I don't know the exact chronology, but yeah, I think he. I think those were out before he was in the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. So that seems like a. Uh, that's like an. That feels like a uh, like a Irv, Irving Azoff kind of. Like he probably managed both of them or something. Right. I think it's in that nine hours Eagle e- Eagles documentary. That Eagle doc- Eagles documentary. Yeah, I remember. Eagles. It explains everything. Nine hour Eagles documentary. No, the just Eagles. Just Eagles. I'm yeah. sorry to disrespect. No, I'm not correcting you. Yeah. I'm just making sure everyone at home knows. Sure, it's not the football team. No, it's not the Eagles. That's different. No. Yes, and it was um, because what would the equivalent of that be? Is yeah, because that's not a lateral move. That's worse than a lateral move. Yeah, somebody I had put. I had. I think I had. Me, I had proposed that. What would it be? the modern day equivalent and somebody had said i think somebody had said it would be like if jack white joined cold play <laughs> and that's what it would be like where you just be like yeah he's a fully formed guitar player oh yeah like a somebody who can totally shred and then now he's with these clowns he is such do you think that he just decided that he had peaked and then just wanted to write it out? That Joe Walsh had? Yeah. He probably just wanted an easier go of it, maybe. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like where he could do his thing still on the side. Yeah. And then, but then be a part of this, just this, this cash machine. Right. They just printed money. Right. And then they had Hotel California as soon as he joined. Then they had their biggest album. Yeah. Man, I don't know. That sucks. Eagles are bad. <laughs> Where are you at on Eagles? Sorry. Eagles? Yes. I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm really, I really just stick with like James Gang Rides Again. Yeah. I don't, I never got into the Eagles. I no. don't, or Eagles. I never no. got into Eagles. I don't like, even understand how you're supposed to say that. No. Cause there's like a better version of everything. Like right. it's like everything that they did, somebody else was better at it. <laughs> right? I think so. It's like, oh, if you like, if you like, like country rock then you go listen to graham parsons oh right yeah exactly there's always somebody doing it better than them right but they were just like cool dudes i guess because they had their don henley had that fro right and that's the real appeal i think i think it might have just been the fro his the singing drummer fro right yeah so then you were with Mary Tim. That's where we met. But that's then, where we met. Then you, when 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 that tour ended, mm-hmm. then you went and you toured with King Tough yep. all over the place, multiple yeah. tours, several tours, rocking it out. Yep. And then you leveled up, not and not in an artistic way, just in a scope way. Like like then you went to be, like a, like you joined Devendra Banhart's band, and right. that's like theaters and stuff. I don't. I'm not putting a sure, sure. No, it's music. a to- it's a different thing. It's a different um, it's a different world. Yeah, it's no, the same love- world in a way, but yeah, it's a totally. Um, yeah, I love King Tough. I'm not no, I know, that. I know, I know you do. But, but, but it is a weird adjustment, huh? But that's the thing that I think is cool about about working with different artists and why different you know people who put out records and make their own records. Um, you know, any of the stuff that we're talking about, James Gang, Eagles, Mary Timoney. It's like when you when you make stuff like that, you're kind of creating uh, a universe, right? Yeah. Like you're creating this kind of this kind of world and. Um, and I and you know so yeah so I started playing with Devendra and, and like walked into his universe that he sort of built and like the his songs and the characters of his songs and the landscape of his songs mm-hmm. and it's 
totally different than Kyle's for sure. You know, oh, yeah, because how many guitar players are on stage when you're with Devendra? It depends. Depends on the show. We had one, we did one show where we had one just one time this happened. I think we had five guitars on stage. Five guitars. That's like the E Street Band. Or yeah, something. that was an anomaly. But how can you even tell what you're doing? It. It maybe we wouldn't do that again. Sure. That's like. Who had five? Molly Hatchet had four, I think. Is that true? I think Molly had... I know they had at least three. Wow. But just like... That's too many. That is too many. Unless you're all going to do the... in To do it all like in sync with each other and do like... Banner, like Imagine when you're seeing Molly Hatchet. Yeah. And suddenly they're doing flirting with disaster. Right. And when they go to that part, we're like... People must have been going nuts. Right. When they're all in tandem like that? There's a real law of diminishing returns. Sure. When you start adding guitars that way. Oh, yeah, because then you end up, like the E Street Band, just like eight people playing guitars, and you can't hear any of them. Right. It just turns into just like mid, this blur, this right. mid-range kind of just like, all you hear is well, like vocals and drums, and just this, just wash of sound. That's kind of what somebody said when we did that show with five guitars. That it just became like a... We heard one comment after that. Someone said, I saw five guitars, but I couldn't hear any of them. They can't. They start canceling each other out. They, they do. They That's do. so strange. Yeah. So but, usually, so with Avenger, there's usually two. Okay. Usually he and I are, are sometimes um, Jeremy Harris, who's in the band. He plays guitar okay. as well. Yeah. Fantastic players mm-hmm. in that band. And you're playing, you went all over the world with that tour. Yeah, we Crazy. did. We did full U.S. and Canada. And then we um, we were in Europe. Just mm-hmm. in January and February. Yeah, right before yeah. the world shut down. It was kind of starting as we were over there, mm-hmm. but we didn't know. Could you feel the impending shutdown? Like, oh, you yes. feel it? Like, yes, but we didn't know. You know, like we mm-hmm. really, uh, you know, it was still this really distant idea. Like, we were in Milan um, two weeks before the outbreak in Milan. Wow. Um. So it was like this, it like was sort of... to burn that microphone. You might have to burn, yeah, we'll just leave this microphone on the street <laughs> after I'm done talking into it. Yeah, um, so if you're in Los Feliz and you're driving around, you might find a microphone. Y- yeah. Just by a stop Don't sign. touch it. Yeah. Um, so, so you were there right before it, right before it really went down. Oh, yeah. I mean, we came back to the States. We all came back to L.A. and... Um, Within two weeks, I think, mm-hmm. stuff was shutting down here in L.A., which was really surprising because we weren't expecting it when we were in Europe, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Happened fast, you it know? It did. It Everyone rolled through pretty that. fast. Yeah. And how have you been coping with the with the quarantine? I'm riding it out. Um, I feel pretty good most days. I'm okay. tr- I'm trying to um, I'm trying to explore it as an opportunity. Sure. The best that I can, mm-hmm. you know, learning French. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's, ho- it's hard. Uh, no, it's quite fun. Well, no, I mean, well, it's hard. I'm, I'm just coping is hard. Coping is hard. Coping is hard, you know, but it's, 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 um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to be with yourself, but it's also really interesting to be with yourself. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of doing what I do. I'm practicing my guitar um i'm teaching with some um teaching guitar with some people that i work with and and um so you're zooming it up with that yeah we do it on the facetime sure on the facetime yeah okay online sure and um 
and that's been really cool. It's been really nice to work with other people, and like obviously nobody can play shows mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to me about what? the whole thing is that there's this spectrum of of. Like, first of all, there's no reference point for this. Like, nobody can go, like, well, when we went through the quarantine, it was like, this right. is how we got through it. Like, literally nobody right. in America can can give you, a, can be a guide for how they coped with the quarantine. A so, great point. So everybody, this is new to everybody. Right. And some people are like, if you don't come out of this without a serious side hustle figured out right. you did it wrong and it's like well that's a lot of pressure and yeah. then there's other people who are just like you don't have to do anything during <laughs> this you just have to stay alive and it's like well right. that's hard that's like yeah. I gotta do more than that a little more yeah like uh, I mean we all have these days where we don't m- move right and then but you can't I, hopefully you wouldn't have all of the days be that because then that would right. be just months of right. of nothing because right. you just have to start reassembling your life to some degree right so but just like striking some kind of balance is hard yeah that's what i struggle with that's the i think that's the whole thing you know is like finding that finding that middle path where you can ride the line between being productive and not Mm -hmm. being overly obsessive about being productive Mm -hmm. and also not just sitting around all day yeah so you're doing these lessons on the facetime yeah and let me just say this this is not a commercial. You're not sponsoring the show. I am going to say this though. If you're looking for guitar lessons. Oh my God, Dom. No, I'm saying, I'm sorry. I'm saying I have to say this. You just hit up Nicole on Instagram, right? Yeah, absolutely. What's the, what's the handle? Uh, Nic- it's at Nicole Lawrence with some underscores. You'll find it or just hit up Tom. He's got all my just info. Just look for me and I follow <laughs> Nicole and you can find it. But yeah, so you can learn how to shred. It's been really, uh, sincerely, it's been a really cool, cause I, you know, uh, you know, we came back from tour and I just like started going deeper into teaching since we couldn't tour and, and sincerely it's actually been, it's been really rewarding for me mm-hmm. to, to work with people in that way and, and it, and it just like, you know, cause I try to take my own practice seriously, you know, and like to a, to a devotional degree and, and, um, you know, there's just, there's so many other, I'm meeting and connecting with so many other people who are, who are kind of like that. And it's really, mm-hmm. it's just really fun to, to connect with people that are that, um, that are as into something as, sure. as, mm-hmm. as I am or as you are, you know. Now, what do, what do we start with if I start guitar? What do we start with? Smoke on the water? If you start guitar? Day tripper? What are we, what are we starting with? Do you, are you coming in with any skills? Are you, are you, are you, uh, Brand new. Let's say I can noodle a tiny. I can noodle a little bit. I know a few open chords. You know some open chords, and I can do some bar chord. I can do some basic. I can do some basic chords. Well, but you I'm know not what? Good. You know? Okay. You know what I like to do with people is I like to see what they're excited by. Okay. You know? Uh huh. And what what sounds or songs they're curious about? And, sure. Um, and. Uh, and pick some of that stuff out. So some of my beginning students, we a lot of people are really into uh, our friend Jenny Lewis, who's a fantastic musician living in Los Angeles. Sure, yeah. 
So we do some Jenny Lewis songs. We've done some Angela Olsen songs. So those are some, those are, those are more song based. Those are like strum, strumming. Strummy things. Yeah. But you want to, you want to, you want to rip? You want to solo? Is that what? Well, I'm trying to figure out here. So if we're looking, if I'm looking to be a singer songwriter, you would, so, but the guitar is an accompaniment to the. It's a. It's a. It's. It's making the song happen. Right. Then. So yeah. then you it's go the with engine. some Jenny Lewis or Angel Olsen. That makes sense. Yeah. So what would it be like? Don't know what I'm gonna do. Right. You yeah. do that song. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Yep. Yeah. So you'll do that. Then, but what if I'm just like I need to shred. If it's you, I think I'm going to teach you some Mick Taylor licks. Well, that's your, that's your, your, cause this is also a good gauge of, with people where you find out with certain people who are into music that's like, which Rolling Stones guitarist is there, <laughs> is their guitarist. Yeah. And Mick Taylor is yours. In terms of the Stones, for sure. So. Yeah. You'd rank the Stones guitarist, you'd say Mick Taylor over Keith Richards. I I would, yeah. Just because you because yeah. he just goes off. He I like his phrasing mm-hmm. and I like the um his he's got I like his left hand technique. Sure. And you're talking about what is the what is the uh, we're talking about what now? We're talking about sticky fingers. We're talking I'm talking about sticky fingers personally. Sure. That's my that's my record. And I liked him, him in the Blues Breakers. His Blues Breakers record that he sure. did was really okay. good. So you like so that's like, but then you'd say Mick Taylor. Right. Then Keith Richards. Yep. Then you'd say, you, you're putting Brian Jones last, first of all. I know that. I know you think nothing of Brian Jones. Not you, think, tr- so, you think he's just a textural. I think he's a genius. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it, again, it goes back to the thing of like creating worlds and he built a really cool, interesting world. It's just like, it's, 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 it's just a taste thing, you know? Well, it's, it's almost like he, he, his thing stayed in the 60s. It sure did. In a strange way. Yeah. It made sense in the 60s and yeah. it stayed in the 60s. It's like, very 60s. Because he his thing was kind of cracking open from their original R&B-based thing to get, add new instruments to the mix and, yeah. and add different feels to it that... Um, yeah, I would say from look, I'm going to go with Brian Jones always because those are my favorite records of That's the your wrong, guy. That's my guy. That's your guy. He's one of your guys. So Ron Wood is he last on your list? Yeah, cuz I don't even really think about him. Cuz he's just I mean, he joined on Black and Blue. Right. Which I know a lot of people do a lot try to do a lot of um a lot of reconsidering of that record, <laughs> but it's not the great. Like people are like it's a it's a hidden masterpiece. Yeah, I don't know about that. And it, it's like, look, Memory Motel. I'm not gonna. That's a great song. Yeah, I'm not gonna complain about that. Yeah, but it's a it's a slightly sleepy album. Yeah. Some girls, I know people get mad when I I think some girls is like almost like a fake Rolling Stones record, right? Right. In a strange way. Yeah. It's like we can keep up with the punks. <laughs> it's like. Okay. Well, you're, it's fine. It, look, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Some girls is fine. I would. I don't put it on. I don't either. I, it does not. It does not call out to me. Right. And then after that, then it's just the tattoo you. I don't need to hear that. I don't need to hear that. I don't ever need to hear start me up 
ever Never again. again. No. The only thing I ever wanted to hear was John Daly do Cheer Me Up. When he did that song, he did his version, Cheer Me Up. Uh-huh. The only thing I wanted. But I don't need Start Me Up ever again. Right. Waiting on a friend I don't no, need. No, I'm good. Yeah. Any of those. Yeah. It's fine. He did what he did. But he's been in the band for 85 years. He's like their longest... <laughs> He's like, he's this like after Keith. He's the longest running guitarist, right? I think. I mean, so. just Mick Taylor was in for four oh, like years, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and he'll talk about how bad they were. And Mick, when you read interviews with Mick Taylor from that timer when they were making mm-hmm. like Exile, it's really interesting because he'll say that he'll you know he'll say things like when they were good, they were the best band in the whole world, but mm-hmm. most of the time they. They just, were. They really sucked. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. That that's where they. That just like. But you only have to put the record together once, just one time, and then it stands forever. Yeah. So we're talking about guitarists, look, because you're you're a shredder. Oh, you're heavy duty. You lay you, it down. You you attack. You're on the attack. Not really. No, but you can be. You can attack. You're not sure. always in fight mode. You're not going looking for fights. You're yeah, like that's the person true. that you're like the person that secretly knows like karate. <laughs> and then you're you could at any time you could beat the tar out of somebody. That's, but you just don't go around looking for fights. I don't go around looking for fights, no, that's but true. But they just don't know it's like Yeah. Who nobody told me she knew karate. That's fine. I'm in the hospital now. <laughs> um, no, it. Um, so we're talking about all, the all timers. All timers. Let's see here. Who's the who? Who's the Mount Rushmore for you? Oh God. Uh, I'll get in trouble. No, but you, but people understand that it's, you're, it's not. You, it's not like you like only four guitarists, right? I don't know. I mean, it changes. It changes, you know? It changes over time. All right, um, I'm going to give you give a 1 to 10 rating on these. And we're not going to name people you know. So it's not going to you're not going to hurt anybody's okay. feelings. Okay. I like all the guitar players I know. But Jimmy go ahead. Page. Jimmy Page? He's not on my Mount Rushmore. He's but not. He, no, but uh I mean, you know, he's amazing, obviously. So scale of 1 to 10. Oh god. Are you going to give him a nine? Pagey? I give him a seven. A seven? <laughs> Did you ever hear Custard Pie? Sure, yeah. I've heard Custard Pie. Yeah. You ever hear Cashmere? I've heard Cashmere, yeah. You know he was the producer on those records, too. Yeah, brilliant. I give him a ten out of ten for producing. Okay, well, yeah, good. For sure. That. And he was a messy guitar player, which is what I like about his stuff. Is you, he yeah. was like actual. That's why, that's why he got the seven. <laughs> but there's a mis- there's mistakes on Led Zeppelin records for sure, and yeah, and that's amazing. That's great. You know, that's that's why they're cool because it's about feel. He knew what felt right, and he also didn't need to be up front all the time. Like, well, well, Cashmere. It's like look at Cashmere is like second to Stairway to Heaven in terms of their their right. epics. But don't and, you think that Jimmy Page was the lead singer of? Oh, that's my opinion. That's your thing, that right? My thing is yeah. that Jimmy Page was the was the front man of Led yeah. Zeppelin, yeah. And Robert Plant is only the person that just verbalized, right? The he 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 that they needed someone to sing alongside. He's the like the Jennifer Harrima. Yes, exactly. Of Led Zeppelin. So yeah, well Neil Haggard, he's top. He's way up there. Sure, Amazing he's an all timer. Yeah. 
And you did. You were on that. You were on the. You were on the Howling Hex record. I am on the new Howling Hex record. Yeah. And that's a great record. Yeah. And so you've so you've played with a lot of these titans. So let's see. Jimmy Page gets a seven. Eric Clapton, he can't get higher than Jimmy Page. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. Well, you know, we got to talk about eras, but peak, peak, peak Clapton, close to a ten. And what's a, what's his what era are we talking? Well, he peaked a couple times. So I mean, right right out of the gate, Blues Breakers, mm-hmm. being a record, sure. Um, I love the Blind Faith record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. That's one of the, that's one of those records that I think people think it's not good, or they forget about it because yeah. there's only one record. Yeah, yeah. But because it like wasn't it? Yeah, because it was one record, and there's not not much of a legacy there. No, and it's a sh- it's. I feel like it's a short record. Yeah. Like one side is that whole one long song, right? Worst album cover ever. The secondary album cover. Where they're just sitting around, or the one like the censored one, the censored one. You know, neither of them are that good. Yeah, neither no, album both, cover is that bad good. for they're different both, reasons. Yeah, yeah. Whether you see a yeah a boring photo of them sitting around or right. a topless child. Yeah, both <laughs> both are a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I think that record's incredible. Mm-hmm. Steve Winwood. That's um, the best thing Steve Winwood ever did. Probably is. Right? Yeah, probably is. Yeah. So so you have. So what's the error then? The well, I'm. I mean, probably my favorite is the is the Blind Faith record, but the stuff he did on Beatles songs. I mean, on the uh, are on the George Harrison. Yeah, on like all things must pass. On all things must pass. His yeah. his um his guitar playing on I'd have you anytime is mm-hmm. in my opinion perfect. Sure. Now that is one of the most perfectly constructed records beautiful i had this goal mm-hmm. i wanted to do i wrote the people you know those 33 and a third books of course yeah i wrote them yeah and i was like i recall i was like what i was like I, what if i did all things must pass <gasps> oh for you for you guys yeah and it was just like i had this vision i was gonna like because somebody's got to get eric clapton to talk about that before right. he dies it's a great that's a great point. George Harrison's gone. Phil Spector was half gone during the session. He's not going to talk now. He's right. in the slammer. And then it's like so many of those people are just not around now who mm-hmm. are on that record. It's like you want to hear somebody talk about what it was like. Because that was the weirdest kind of cross-pollination era between Derek and the Dominoes. Right, and yeah. And All Things Must Pass. Right. And then you're bleeding into that with like... Delaney and Bonnie, right. they had all those things where they were jumping on with Which them. is also, it's there's some good, some of that stuff is good, mm-hmm. the Delaney and Bonnie stuff. But it's such an interesting period of just right. like these people were all really just doing stuff with each other. Right. And, it's amazing. And then you have, um, yeah, but I wanted to do it. And then they wrote me back and they were just like, our submission period is between here. It's like, get lost. Sorry, I'm not, I wanna, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not doing a do you. Don't you know who I am? Thing here, but I, <laughs> on that one, I am. Yeah. If I'm going to do a thing like that, I would have been tracking Eric Clapton down to talk in that thing. You're the only person who can write that book. Well, it's never going to happen. I well, I want to read it. Uh, yeah. Well, dream on. <laughs> 
So Clapton ten at his peak. So that's his first. That's the first peak. Where, I don't know. Or it's a straight line because you think. No. Well, where are you on a cream then? I like cream. I like cream, but I don't like cream the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that live cream record. Sure. Quite a bit. Do you like badge? I like badge. Like NSU. But the painting had a mustache. <laughs> That's a good song. Yep. Right? Yep. I like that. Yep. I don't like Cream that much. I get it. It just, it's, uh, I think there were better psychedelic bands, obviously. Like, I'd rather listen to Pretty Things than Cream if I yeah. want to Yeah. Well, uh, there's all this psych. pretense around uh, uh, this whole thing, that whole 60s thing of it being psychedelic, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know if it aged that well. Mm-hmm. So then we're talking, so we got pages of seven. <laughs> Clapton's bordering on a ten. This is why I said I'm going to get in trouble. No, but who's going to get, what, are you going to get yelled at by Jan Wenner? Yeah, probably. So then what, what, the, where's, like, who are the other, uh, have, where are the, who are the other legends then? We're talking, like. In that style? Well, like, where's Jimi Hendrix then? Oh, Jimi Hendrix. Ten. 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 Mm-hmm. Ten. Yeah. Totally. John McLaughlin. Where's he? Not not necessarily one of my guys. Okay. Peter Green. Sure. Like Peter Green. You like Peter Green. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Heavy, he was... He was uh, Albatross. Yeah. And that gets forgotten. Gets I'll, lost to time. Well, yeah. Just because of the other Fleetwood Mac. Just because of the other Fleetwood yeah. Mac. That you're not a huge fan of. No, I am. They're great. Mm-hmm. But I just think about guitars most of the time. So Okay. So then you got Jeff Beck. Not your guy. Not my guy. He seems, he's always seemed boring to me. Yeah. It's just, you know. And I'm not putting, like, all these people, same. first of all, they all made it. They all succeeded. They're amazing. All these they guys all are amazing. It. All these guys are amazing. Yeah. So who's the most underrated guitar player then? Who's the most you? underrated, like historically underrated guitar yeah. player? Yeah, like who's like a secret hero to you? Like, Honestly, well, I, I don't know, but if, I know we talked about it before, but Joe Walsh mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Sure. You know, like he does, people, he doesn't tend to come up in these conversations around like Hendrix and, mm-hmm. and whatever, but like his, his, his like, his left hand vibrato, his, mm-hmm. his like, he, he's so deep into technique, which is so funny because he's, he doesn't necessarily seem like the most technical person. No, because he's, he's kind of, portraying himself as a, a a buffoon right but he's like he knows what he's doing so good which is what that's the only way you can be a buffoon really right is to you act worse than you are right which is the thing i can say for me personally yeah i can say for me personally i know how to how to act like a buffoon <laughs> and act dumber than I am, and then people are just like, "Oh, he's," because then when you seem half smart, then they're right. just like, "Oh, he's pretty. He's actually smart." Yeah, and you're just like, "No, I just act dumber, act right. a little dumber than I am." Right, you lower the expectation, yeah. and then people then you say something average, and people give you credit people for being are smart. Impressed? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm going to try that. Well, trust me, it works. All right. You can. That's my that's my lessons. Yeah. I teach. Buffoon, right. buffoon buffoonery. Lessons. You can go teach buffoonery. Right. I'm going to be on FaceTime doing buffoonery. Cool. Um, Sign me up. So then we're talking. 
So you say Joe Walsh then? Joe Walsh is great. Mm-hmm. Really technical player. Incredible left-hand vibrato. Incredible right-hand technique. Mm-hmm. And is it hard being off the road for you? Is it um, hard? Yes and no. Yes and no. I feel like it's it's hard for me to... It's sort of hard for me to be like a, a normal person, like coming and going in and out of my house. But when I'm... It's like if I'm home, I really hunker down into being home, and I okay. ki- and I kind of like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I can get really, really into it, into the extreme. So I lo- I actually love being on the road, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of mentally, I'm kind of either like all the way out or all the way in, you sure. know. Um, and now you're all the way in. I'm all the way in. Yeah. And it's been going on for a minute now. Yeah, and I do miss it. You know, the the last tour we did with the Vendor in Europe was um, really exceptional it's really special beautiful time mm-hmm. um so it's nice to you know look at those pictures and reflect on that you know but um you'll be back we'll be back you'll be back and you then, know can you imagine that first time everybody gets to go to a show again oh my it's gonna God. be unbelievable it's gonna People be see the worst band they ever saw in their life and they'll be crying yeah but that's a, it's gonna be a really good time if you're not that good right <laughs> if, if you're not that good like at anything. like a dream come true. Yeah, I when, mean, yeah. I tr- you know, I think we all try not to take it for granted, but um, it's going to be a whole new level of gratitude. Oh, my God. You yeah, know? People are going to be really into uh, just being, seeing other people. Yeah. At a thing. It'd be great. You go to a show and you have to get your temperature taken <laughs> as you walk in. What a weird thing that's going to yeah. be. You know what I've been thinking about lately, though, is just the way that the way, the way that the performance environment uh, changes your playing, mm-hmm. you know? Because I'm in isolation. I'm not playing with other people. Yeah. And, um, and you know, but when you're... When you're improvising or there's a crowd or you don't know what's going to happen and or, you know, um, just sort of that feeling... Mm-hmm. Um, that feeling of being sort of surprised or having to be really on, being really sort of tuned in musically to what's happening around you and being surprised musically by things happening around you. Sure. That's what I'm missing. That's these Jeremy. Days. That guy, I think that was, uh, I think that was Mick Fleetwood. Is that who that by. was? Looked like. Did you see those? Did you see the, his dangling? I missed all of it. Okay. I saw the beard. No, I mean, you know the things that Mick Fleetwood wears, those dangling... Oh, those little... The lavatory balls that he yeah. wears on his belt? Yeah, that... Maybe... That might be my least favorite thing about... About Fleetwood A lot Mag? of... About Fleetwood. That's definitely my least favorite thing about Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. It might be my least favorite thing about Earth. It's a surprising uh, choice, but it's a, lo- it's a consistent... And long lived choice. He's been yeah. doing it for a long time. Oh no, he's into it. And when he, uh, when Fleetwood Mac would, when I saw them a few years ago, and yeah. then he, um, he did his big, his big drum solo. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he's like, and he's like, come on up, he's like, he's like, he's mic'd, and he's like, kind of talking to himself as he's doing, like, come up, yeah, come on, and it's just like, it's like. Yeah, I'm into it. I'll That's what I do home when I'm home alone. I talk to myself like that. <laughs> That's you at home. Yeah. You're like Mick Fleetwood in the middle of world is turning <laughs> the drum solo. In the middle of a drum solo. He, um, <laughs> what do you think if those guys in Fleetwood Mac, like you take them from like, 
like 1971, like you take like John McPhee and McPhee would just like, hey, we want to show you, uh, look into this crystal ball into the crystal and ball. see, it's like, this is what Fleetwood Mac look like. And it's two, two ladies. Right. And the songs, there's no blues anywhere in this <laughs> anymore. And then they're just like, what? And there's this whole era of Fleetwood Mac that gets lost, that whole Bob Welch era. Incredible people era. People do not talk about. Love that era. It's great stuff. Yeah, that's sort of... Hypnotized. Energy. I like uh, Bear Trees. Mm-hmm. That's you know? great. Yeah. All those... There's those albums um, where Christine McVie was like the primary songwriter. Right. While they... Before Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks joined. Right. Like, it was like... It was like Christine McVie and... Bob Welch were yeah. holding it down. Danny Kerwin is it's another oh, it's another yeah. really underrated guitar Absolutely. player. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just just forgotten. Mm-hmm. Really incredible player. Yeah, because there were 75 eras of Fleetwood right. Mac. Who can keep up? Yeah. So 2020, we don't know what this is going to be now. Mhm. I don't know. What is advice you can give people to to ride the ride of stay at home? quarantine ride the ride i think it's the same thing i would say to anybody at any time which is just like to be honest with yourself at all times in your in in your in how you're living your life you mm-hmm. know and think in 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 what your actions are in any given day does this feel like an honest action does this feel like the next appropriate thing i should be doing and just do it one thing at a time sure and sure. if you're doing it honestly then it all feels pretty good most of the time, I think. Yeah. If you can look yourself in the mirror and you know you're being truthful and yeah. decent. Feel emotional. That's kind of all you can do. Yeah. And speaking of emotional, <laughs> I didn't even hear this yet. You recorded a song. I did. That we're going to hear at the after this conversation is over for the show. Well, I'm excited to hear. What is it? Do you want to tell me what it is? So... I recorded it for the show. I wanted to do, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm living alone. I wanted to play a solo guitar tune and I wanted to play an old song and I wanted to play something that, uh, was sort of thematically relevant to what we were going through, what we are going through. So I played a version, um, of a song called I'll Be Seeing You. Sure. That's a great song. Well, yeah. I can't wait. Anything else you want to say, Nicole, to the people? Oh, I'm going to say this. Okay. Again, it doesn't matter if you're in Maine or you're in Cape Town. You want to play guitar. You hit Nicole up. You get on the face. As long as you've got a phone. What, some Wi-Fi. Some Wi-Fi. You need some Wi-Fi. Before you know it, you're going to be Well, that's the bass, isn't it? No, that's the bass on that is like We'll figure it out. That's one of my favorite things is the instrumental pieces to the Heartbreaker that were online. And I'll do that oh, in right. the sound collage when you hear just like yeah. when he's just like, they're just the best. All I listen to now is... Neil Young. Yeah, I know. And Destroyer. Destroyer. And what else was I listening to? 
I don't know. Neil Young and Destroyer. I think that might be it. And like a lot of jazz now seems to make sense to me for some reason. Did you get into the Grateful Dead yet, Tom? No, that'll never happen. (laughs) That was like, because you, you are, you are not a lifetime, not a lifelong dead fan. I'm not a life, I came to them a little, a little later in life. And what is the thing that made sense to you? The version of Morning Dew on Europe 72. Sure. Life changer. Look, Morning Dew's a good song. Amazing I'm not saying song. they didn't do nothing right. Yeah. Morning Dew's a good song. And look, I've been doing this dumb Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young podcast, which is driving me nuts. Right. Because now we're listening to f- five Stephen Stills albums. Yeah. He records three a year. Yeah. And because he's in some arms race with Neil Young Absolutely. to like to beat Neil. Literally. He's never going to. He can't touch it. Yeah. He can't touch it. Can't touch it. But it's like, they, Jerry Jerry plays his pedal steel all over their records. He does. I yeah. respect Jerry. Yeah. Jerry seemed like a nice guy. Does he? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think Jerry, I think it's the other ones I'm not so into. Right. Jerry seemed that. like a, Jerry seemed like a sad soul. I think maybe, yeah. Who yeah. was just... This thing, the, he was a he was a, a prisoner of his own success. Yeah. Because then, when they're playing, when they're playing like football stadiums, it's not about the music anymore. I disagree. Like, how can it be though? I totally disagree. When it's bouncing back at you. If it wasn't about the, I mean, but if it wasn't about the music, people wouldn't still be like trading tapes in 2020. You know, of recordings from those shows. I don't know about that. He's on my Mount Rushmore. That's all I'm saying. Okay, he's on your Mount Rushmore. So you feel like you'd listen to like a show from RFK Stadium in 1990? I would. Yeah. Yep. I would. Well, that's where that's where we diverge. (laughs) I can't do it. Yeah. I can't listen to. That's okay. Because they were just like about getting, just about getting high in the parking lot. Who, who, the, 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 fans. the fans? The fans are not there for the music Yeah, but you're anymore. not listening to recordings of the fans. You're listening to the songs. Yeah, but the fans are, you can't, if it's an exchange of energy, they're getting some bad energy sent back at them. That's a way and to he, look at it. His health was, his health was not great, and now he didn't want to be doing these shows. He was like, he, this was, it was not a pure experience. I don't know. You have some of those, some of those recordings you listen to, and his, vo- I mean, his voice is frail, but there's, mm-hmm. there's some, there's some real emotion in there. Sure, because that's my other thing with them. They, they, he's their best singer, right? Oh yeah, he's their only good singer. But the thing is, for sure, in another group, he'd be the he'd, he'd be, be the worst the third singer. singer. He'd be yeah. the third singer. Yeah. If it was like, yeah, if it was like the he's like the like the way Rick Danko is like perfect in the band. Right. Rick Danko's voice is amazing. I love it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like I, I'm not a fan of the band. Okay. But I like Rick Danko's voice is amazing. Richard Manuel's voice is amazing. Amazing. And then Levon Helms' voice, amazing. Yeah. I mean, they're devastating when they sing together. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But it's just like, he wouldn't, he was not like, if he was in the band, he'd be the fourth singer in the band. I don't think they'd, I think he'd be behind Robbie Robertson and both their mics would be off. <laughs> so he'd be up there pretending. Vocal well, he wouldn't, wise. He wouldn't, no, if he was in the band, he would have, he would he was not like a look at me kind of dude. 
Jerry? Jerry. Real. Like he like he would not be like Could like have you watch me with those cut off sweatpants. I'm telling you. Okay. But look at look at um look at um last waltz when he's going the night they drove all these like he's he's he, robbie robertson singing like you'd think you'd think it was the like it was his crowning was achievement his vocals War. on this thing i think that his mic was off yeah yeah but that's you you had said something that i guess it was in the book or something i think it's in levon's book okay i think but it's the kind of thing where it's just like jerry wouldn't be he wouldn't be hamming it up like that right Right, like right. Robbie Robertson's a ham. He's a ham. He's a ham. But that's the thing is like Jerry's not a ham. He just can't sing very well. He's a pure compared to look. His voice is fine. That is sound like I'm picking on the guy. I actually root for him. I the other five guys I don't <laughs> like. I mean, that's what's interesting about his voice. You know, is the is the um, is the imperfectness of yeah, it. Yeah, and I like that about it. Yeah. But I also, the other guys straight up can't sing. They straight up can't sing. Yeah. Yeah, they should not be singing. No. Or they can't write songs. I don't know. What's the best Phil Lesh song? Well, I don't know, Tom. See, the thing is, you ask me these questions like... Uh Like, like you want to know my Uh opinion, but usually you already, like, have an answer lined up. Oh, I know. I Yeah. Look... Do I have an agenda? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little. Yeah. I'm just, we're just funning. Yeah, I know. You're not supposed to. Now, look, everybody, and I'll say this. You like what you want to like. If the Grateful Dead's your favorite band, God bless you. You listen to them all day long. All day. I'm glad you found the thing you love. It'll bring you a lot of joy in a quarantine. All I want, oh my God, what if I came out of quarantine? What if that was my side hustle? I came out of quarantine a deadhead. A deadhead? And I'm just like... Then I'd go see, let's go follow Dead in Company. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, well, we won't have that conversation. Yeah, don't, don't do that. No, I'm not going to follow Dead in Company. I know, I believe you. I promise you. I won't. I believe you. That I promise not. I won't. Yeah. Well, Nicole Lawrence what? underscore, what is it? Underscore Nicole Lawrence? No, I think it's Nicole Lawrence and then three underscores. Why <laughs> <Three laughs> are you. Okay. I just wanted to see how far I could go, you know? Sure. You're pushing, you're pushing the limits musically <laughs> and in terms of underscores. Well, this is, I think we're being told. Yeah. Well, Nicole, Tom. you're one of my favorite people and thank you for doing this. Tom, you're one of my favorite people. And thank I'm you a- so much. It's such an honor. Well, thank you for, for this and we're going to hear the song. I'll be seeing you coming up right next after this. And now I'm just fascinated to see how long this car alarm goes. Why do they still have car alarms? Has anybody, is anybody running out now going like, somebody's breaking into somebody's car? No. No, everybody's just like, some idiot left their car alarm on. Right. A car alarm goes off. Nobody's ever just like, hey, there's a car thief in the neighborhood. Right. Let's get it. Let's go get him. It's just like, why can't you tend to your own car, stupid? Right. (laughs) Like, there's these things that no one... No one registers as, as like what, like if a home alarm went off, everybody would be just like, what's going on in that house? Right. But a car alarm, everybody disregards. Not in LA, yeah. Fades into the background. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks, Tom.
Oh my god, how good is that? The best, right? It is the best. She's the best. Thank you to Nicole Lawrence and once again hit her up for lessons. I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing commercially? I don't get a piece of the action. Or don't or don't. You do what you want. Don't do only thing I want you to do is stay healthy. That's all I want you to do. Stay healthy. Best show will be back next week. Thanks everybody for listening. Patreon.com slash the best show. And we will keep it going and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. Bye.